following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. Happy Friday, all football fans, especially our Cowboys fans. Check it out, the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. I'm Newey Scruggs, joined by Danny McCray. McCray used to play for the Dallas Cowboys. Barry Church is taking the day off, four-day work week for <laughs> Nostradamus. So it's just uh, D-Mac and I ride with you for the next 45 minutes, getting you ready for Cowboys and Vikings, which will be Sunday at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Danny, have you played up there at uh, that new Minnesota stadium? I have not. I have not gotten a chance to go up there. So, you know, it looks like I won't. But seeing it on TV, it looks amazing. I heard you talking about it and you said it's like a did you say a mini Jerry's World? Or, or is yes. it comparable to say that it's, uh, it, it's on the same level as, as uh, AT&T Stadium? No, not at all. Not because, I mean, first off, the size. And that's a lot of things. And I'm sure you've noticed once you start going to these other stadiums, the size of Jerry World is so much bigger. And, and people who are making these new stadiums based off Jerry World, they're, they're smaller. I mean, Minnesota just doesn't have that, that seating capacity that they have up there uh, for, for, for the Cowboys, which seats you know, 90,000 and can, can increase you know, to 100,000 if Jerry wants it to. So the size of it uh, right out of the gates, one thing I noticed is like, hey, it's not as big, but you know, the models are the same in the way they try to build it. And of course, you know, they use the same architect, but it is, it is a very nice arena. I never got to go to um, the, the old Metrodome, but uh, US, U.S. Bank Stadium, is, it's, it's a nice place up there in Minnesota. And actually, it was the first year it was open. The Cowboys played a Thursday night game up there on NBC, and that was, that was when we, uh, we went up there. We, we did some live shots inside on a Wednesday night, and then we ended up going to the game on, on, on Thursday. So it's a good atmosphere. Uh, they've, got, they've got good fans up there. Obviously, in COVID, everything is different. But... Um, it is. I, I would put it on your bucket list of places that you'd want to go see a football game when, uh, when when COVID goes away here, Danny. Look, I so I, I, I will say that I probably do. I, I will create a bucket list for places that I want to go, especially like football experiences. But most of them will be uh, college stadiums first. Uh, you know, I, I want to go to the big house. I heard it's crazy there. Um, it was at Michigan, Ohio State. I want to I want to go compare Clemson's Death Valley to LSU's Death Valley, just so I can you know satisfy myself and say that ours is better. But then then maybe I'll throw Minnesota on there. But I mean, it, it looks great. Um, and and w- with these new stadiums, to me, I just wonder like what's next. So when when Jerry first built his, it was like man, that's crazy. How is anybody gonna gonna one up this one? And then you start seeing these new stadiums go up, and then I'm hearing about SoFi Stadium, and I heard that is next level. The screen that they have there, the way it's all set up with the, the landscaping, greenery outside, and, 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 and I heard that is the next level up from Jerry. So now I'm wondering how, how, how somebody's going to one up that, and what will we be looking at in the next 10, 15 years at these NFL stadiums? That was one thing I hated about. Uh, us not being able to go and travel this year because I was headed out to that 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 game first one of the year the Rams and Cowboys at SoFi Stadium and 
Jerry Jones, I don't know if you ever ever heard the story, but Jerry had said that the NFL many years ago came to him to say, and said, if you're willing to sell the Cowboys, we will give you the L.A. market. We want you to be the guy to do L.A. And Jerry said no. Jerry, by the way, uh, was born in El Segundo, got the key to the city before the Cowboys ended up playing Super Bowl 27 and beating the Buffalo Bills. So he didn't do it, but Stan Kroenke um, obviously had the blessing from Jerry because I don't know if you remember or not, but Kroenke was trying to move to L.A. from St. Louis, and then you had Dean Spanos and Mark Davis working together on a Carson project in Los Angeles. So it was it was two competing stadiums trying to get to L.A., and Jerry maneuvered it so Stan Kroenke could get it. And Kroenke also got the Rams. I mean, got not only did he get the Rams from, from St. Louis to L.A., but he also, Jerry helped engineer that the Chargers went up to SoFi Stadium. And then he helped the Raiders get over to Las Vegas. So Jerry truly is a, a deal, you know, a deal maker. And Kroenke, you know, obviously looked at what Jerry World was and built it next level. And, and Jerry has been very adamant saying that that's what he wanted. The LA needed to be big. It needed to be great. Um, it needed to be a show-stopping stadium. And, and obviously, you know it is because they're going to have the Olympics in Los Angeles. So they're going to have it at SoFi Stadium. And everything that Jerry World has got, they're going to have over there at SoFi Stadium. So um, that's, that is now the bar, Danny. SoFi Stadium is the bar. And I don't know who's going to top it because... Stan Kroenke built that with private funds. There was no funding from, from California. Californians don't build stadiums like they do in other places like Texas, like City Arlington. Hey, here's a half million dollars. They don't do that <laughs> in Los Angeles, man. They don't. The Staples look, look, Center, that was built with private a, money. I, it's, 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 a lot of, it's a lot of money out there. It's a, it's a lot of big players out there that are looking to get into the NFL, and I'm sure that they can find some private funding to try to go next level. I'm not sure what city it'll be in, but I can guarantee you that there's somebody out there looking right now saying, you know, I'm looking to buy an NFL team. They're getting a group together and they're looking at SoFi Stadium and saying, hey, this is the bar and, and we want to do what's next. We want to be known as the, as the guys or the group who, uh, who created the best NFL stadium. So I, I'm sure it's coming. Not sure how many years from now it's going to be. But, uh, you know, 10 to 15 years from now, we'll be saying SoFi Stadium was is second tier and somebody will be creating something that we never could imagine before. What I wonder is, will that be somewhere internationally? Could somebody do something, you know, over in Europe where they go and do something we've never seen before, and then that becomes something that we copy? And, and maybe it's based off soccer that they come up with some type of, you know, incredible way um, to do a stadium. Now, Mark Cuban talked to me one time about building another stadium, and that he wanted to have the stadium on top of a building. Like, you know, I had this huge building and then on top of it, there's, the, you know, there's the arena. So may, maybe that's maybe maybe it's something like that. But you're right. There's going to be a new innovation somewhere. It's just a matter of, of who does it. But um, that's that's why Jerry is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, what he did in terms of innovating in the National Football League and also making making people money. He taught other NFL owners how to make money. And they're all in the stadium game. Uh, that that's that was what Jerry did differently than everyone else. People forget that when Jerry bought the Cowboys, he also had to buy Texas Stadium. And people thought he was dumb to do that. They were like, "You don't want to be in the stadium game; you just want to run a football team." And now, every owner wants to own the stadium. They don't want the city to own it and just lease it from the city. They want to own the stadium and put events there. And you're seeing what the uh, Texas Rangers did. Texas Rangers had a, they had a rodeo last week. Well, who's getting ready to have a rodeo? Jerry's getting ready to have a rodeo. <laughs> Everybody's copying. <laughs> 
what he's what what Jerry is doing, and and that's that's what makes him a Hall of Famer in terms of he he changed the way we look at professional football, the way we see professional football. That's what Jerry helped do. Yeah, he's definitely a game changer, man, and, and he put his stamp on it. And and just listening to. You know, he has legends for, for the Giants up there in New York. He has connections in L.A. He has connections all over the place. And if you want to get something done, I think most guys and most teams know that Jerry is the ear that you that you need to be uh, getting into because he, ha- he has the key to a lot of places. And if he doesn't, he, he knows somebody that does or he has an idea that can make your make your stadium, your team or, or, or your pocketbook go to the next level. So he, he's that guy, man. He, he, he has that title. He, he earned it. and He deserves it. Here's my last thing on that. Um, as you know, I used to work in Cleveland, and, and Art Modell was the owner of the Browns, and I was there also when they left. And when they went to Baltimore, he ended up firing Bill Belichick. I had a fantastic conversation once with Mr. Modell, and, and, and he was great to me. Art was great to me. Art did not like Jerry at all. He thought that Jerry was too big for his britches and that Jerry only cared about himself and didn't care about the league because Art was a very old-school owner, and he thought of Jerry as a new-school owner. And Art had to end up selling his team. He couldn't afford it. He could not afford it, which is crazy when you think about it today. What, what, what NFL owners is going in debt that he has to sell a team? Had Art Modell embraced Jerry Jones, he probably would have never had to leave Cleveland and he would have been in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But his resistance to Jerry and the way Jerry was trying to do business and new business in the National Football League ended up being a part of his demise where he left Cleveland, hated in Cleveland, went to Baltimore, did end up winning a Super Bowl, but had to sell it to Steve Bashotti because he simply couldn't afford it anymore. And he ended up passing away and he'll never get in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That, that, that so, just kinda, that's my story of, of, of Art Modell not listening to Jerry. So Art Modell is Blockbuster and Jerry Jones is Netflix in that in that scenario, huh? Look, I'm, I'm gonna try to teach you, to, uh, you know, to, to to elevate your game and 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 go with the new wave. And you kind of just want to stay in the old way, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're no longer existing as far as being in a having a team and being an NFL owner. That's tough, man, because a lot of people can't see that vision, and it, it is no, it's no fault of their own. They're just not able to see things uh, the, the way that some other people are. And when you bring somebody an idea like that, if your mind is stuck where it is, then you know you don't have the capacity to to, to see the same vision and, and innovative idea that somebody like Jerry Jones would bring along, and you just don't think it's possible. And then. Sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. In this case, he was very wrong, and, and that's just how it goes sometimes. Yeah, and, and the shame of it, I mean, the, Danny, the shame of it, Art Modell was a good guy. I mean, he was a good guy who loved pro football. I, mean, I was a fan of Art, and I know a lot of people hate to hear that, especially those, those in, in the Cleveland, Northeast Ohio area. Uh, he had a good heart, but this was one where he did not want to listen to the new ideas and was holding to the old guard ways, and, and you have to change. The world, the, you have to adapt. You have to adapt, and he didn't do it. And by the time he did, it was too late. He couldn't get his stadium built, and he left. And anyway, it was just it was for me. I thought it was sad because he could have had a better ending for himself. Um, speaking of Jerry Jones, he has his radio show on Fridays as well at ten thirty on one hundred five three The Fan. And Danny, it was an interesting thing where he came out and said that, and this is about Zeke Elliott quote: "He's our best football player. He's our best one." Do you agree, Zeke Elliott, the best player on the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, I do. I, I, I never, I've never lost faith in Zeke. I know that some of the circumstances around the team right now may make his performance look subpar. 
But I mean, the guy fumbled, right? And, and, and some of the holes aren't open like they used to be. I, I also said that he looked a little quicker in his in his uh, last game. I mean, I take into account everything Zeke has done previously, leading the league in rushing. You know, being out um, when, when he was facing suspension, coming back every week, not knowing if he was going to be able to play or not, and still going out there and being able to perform. And then you come into this year, and all of a sudden it starts off a little shaky. As the entire team has started off a little shaky and people start to get off of Zeke a little bit. And that's just not me. I think he's still the best player. I think if you if you use him the way that he is supposed to be used, run the ball with him, focus the game around him, and then you know get him involved in the passing game just a little bit. Don't try to do all that extra stuff using him like Kamar and having him run all these special routes. Do what he's great at and, and, and he can change the game. You know, for us in a positive way. And then 19 is number two right now because Dak is out. But yeah, Zeke is our guy, and I think that the game should revolve around him. And I think that's our best chance at winning any games this season, if, if especially if we want to do what Church said and go, uh, you know, go six and 10 and, and lead the division and make the playoffs. If you're not going to do it on Zeke's back, you're not going to do it at all. So Ezekiel right now is 11th in the National Football League in rushing. Uh, he's averaging a career low 3.8. He's got five touchdowns on 150 attempts. And it's interesting that we bring up Zeke Elliott because the Cowboys are facing Dalvin Cook on Sunday at the Vikings. And Dalvin Cook, a guy who drafted in the second round out of Florida State, is number one in the league in rushing right now. And uh, let me pull up his numbers right here. Cook 954 yards on 174 attempts with 12 touchdowns. He averages 5.2 uh, average in the NFL this year. That's number two when it comes to, to average. Um, here's my thing. And, and I'm going to piggyback off what you said because you and I are on the same thing here. If Ezekiel Elliott was used in the fashion of Dalvin Cook, this wouldn't even have to be a question because we would already know the answer. And for me, it's very frustrating to watch Jerry Jones commit $90 million to a player that the coaching staff is underutilizing. This is just crazy. I've seen teams that were bad and their O-line suspect, but had great running backs who could turn their seasons around. Um, LaDainian Tomlinson was that guy with the Chargers. Remember when, when Drew Brees and LT got there? The Chargers were struggling. Yep. Hey, give it, to, give it to LT. And next thing you know, the Chargers become a very good football team. <laughs> and and you know, Emmitt was the same way. And Nate Newton openly talks about that. He said, hey, man, I was just an okay player. Then Emmitt came next thing you know, I'm a Pro Bowl guard. Zeke is special. And it's frustrating to me to see a guy not be used when he's special and you decided to pay him. It makes zero sense to me of why this guy has got just 150 carries and a guy like Cook is sitting up here with, with a buck 74. And the Vikings, as they went through their losing streak, okay, how do we change it around? Well, doggone it, we talked about it yesterday. In the last three games, all right, Chicago. 33 rushing attempts, 36 passes. Detroit, 34 rushing attempts, 20 passes. Against Green Bay, 34 rushing attempts, 14 passes. So in their past three games that they've won, 101 attempts rushing the ball, 70 passing. They've decided we're, gonna, we're going to win behind Dalvin Cook and we're going to play defense. And you and I have talked about this too, Danny. You got a bad defense. How do you help out your bad defense? Run the ball, chew up the clock. Why is it, why is it, why do they make it harder than it needs to be? 
I don't I, listen. I, I, and this is why I've been on Kellen Moore so 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 bad this season. I don't understand how you can have a guy like Zeke. And Kellen Moore was here when Zeke was able to yep. get some of this stuff done. He was watching Zeke perform the way that he did. And then you get into the season and you look at this guy twenty one, who everybody at one point was like, "Hey, if Zeke not, is not on the field, then we might not have a chance of winning." But as soon as Zeke comes back, then we have a chance to do everything that we set our mind to as far as being division champs, Super Bowl champs, making deep runs, doing all that. Kellen Moore was here to see that. He was here with Jason yep. Garrett. He was here watching all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, Jason Garrett leaves. And then you forget that you have this guy here. I don't understand how Jerry has let them forget, especially since he did write the $90 million check. And, and, and this goes to show, you know, th this is like permeating through, through the whole team, right? Like I said, you have a $100 million receiver who we feel the same about. Now you have a $90 million running back who we feel the same about. That's $190 million that's being underutilized. If I'm the owner, I'm going in there and say, hey, man, especially where we're at as a team now, we need to be focusing our game plan around the $100 million check that I wrote these two guys. And we know that they can still perform. You've seen it when Amari Cooper has the ball in his hands. He's He's caught touchdowns. He's still, you know, he's not the bottom of the league, even though that we have some of these, some of our quarterback and O-line issues. He's still able to make these plays. And you, you can see the flashes of that when he catches the ball. Same with Zeke. Yes, he's fumbled. Running backs fumble. Before this, he hasn't been a fumbling guy. Still focus on him and give him a shot because he's carried you for so many years. Give him that same respect that you gave him last in, 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 a, in the previous season, and I guarantee you he'll show you that he still has it. But some, for some reason, we may be, you know, uh, uh, you know, our own success in the draft may be holding us back. You know, with too many weapons, with the CD Lamb and the Michael Gallup, and trying to focus on Pollard and do do too many things. I think we've lost track of what we should be trying to do to win, which is focus on twenty one and nineteen. When we come back, because we got to take a break here on the Players Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. Why this should be the shortest football game the Cowboys have played all season long. We'll do that next right here on Dallas Cowboys Radio. They're DallasCowboys.com Radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. Just like all of you, we at Seeky can't wait until we're back in the stands at full strength cheering on the Cowboys and singing along to our favorite songs again. We're using this time to make discovering, buying, and selling tickets to events in Dallas easier. Plus, every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is protected by our buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back or better if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app today, and when the time is right, let's go. SeatGeek. The Cowboys way where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. 
We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. To the Players' Lounge. Hey, tis the season for football and holiday fun. Cowboys fans, start your holiday at Dallas Cowboys Pro Shops to find huge selections of jerseys, cold weather gear, and the hottest holiday gifts. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or find deals online at shop.dallascowboys.com for the best Cowboys gear and gifts. Woo! Players Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. We're in our SWBC um, Mortgage Virtual Home Studios. I'm Newey Scruggs, and this is former Dallas Cowboys player Danny McCray. McCray, you grew up in Houston, so you an Oilers fan? Listen, honestly, man, I, I was not, I was not into football when I was younger. Uh, I, I, I started playing just because my friends were playing. I was into wrestling, uh, you know, Stone Cold and The Rock and all that. Uh, so I wasn't I wasn't really watching a lot of football. So I I, I I won't even say that I knew who the Oilers were until maybe middle school, and they were leaving. They, they were either leaving or gone at that time. Okay, that was my next question. Were they even around because they, <laughs> they had left and there was that hole of, of football for a while? Because I grew up as a huge Dallas Cowboy fan because my dad was stationed at Fort Hood. And so when we moved there, that's when I first heard about the Cowboys. And so my whole life and my whole wardrobe was about the Cowboys. So when Christmas time came, you know, all right, if you're going to have to buy me some clothes for Christmas, I wanted to be some Cowboy clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I was that guy who had the, the blue cowboy jersey because everybody had the white one everybody had the white 12 and the white 33 well i wanted the blue 33 because that way i showed you i was a real cowboy fan because i had the blue door set 33 and that was back when they used to have the blue jerseys that they seemingly could never win in so that was that was my thing man I had the cowboy lunchbox had the cowboy backpack had the cowboy raincoat i mean that was my whole thing man cowboys cowboys so reading so, that that pro shot ad just made me kind of reminisce about it it's, it's, it's funny that you say that because as much as I don't remember about being involved in football and liking football that much to where I watched the NFL, somebody in my family did because I want to say two or three months ago, my mom sent me a picture with the Deion Sanders blue Dallas Cowboys jersey on. And I, I'm going to send it to you once we get off the show. And I looked at it and I was like, I have no recollection of that, no recollection of liking the Cowboys, having a favorite player on the team. So I'm assuming that my that my dad or one of my uncles got me dressed in that and tried to get me involved in it. But it, that, that, that blue one, I had one as well. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay, so here's my belief on why. Sunday's Cowboys-Vikings game should be the quickest game the Cowboys play this year. Both teams have quarterbacks with question marks, and Kirk Cousins and Andy Dalton. We know Minnesota wants to run the football. Kellen Moore should be trying to run the football as well for the Dallas Cowboys. So if both teams are running the football, then the clock should be running. And that should make this a quick football game, Danny, because to me, this is the way for the Cowboys. If they want to win, the way is through 21. 
Get 21 going. Make teams, especially a defense like Minnesota, make them commit to putting people in the box and then try to go hit 19. Then try to hit Michael Gallup on a deep ball. I mean, this is the formula that has won many a game for them. Go back to that thing. Jerry Jones said on his radio show today they're improving. Doggone it. Get that run game going and let's see what the Cowboys can do. Yeah, listen, and to that extent, I can guarantee you from the start of the game, no matter how we line up, we're going to have eight in the box. All right. They're going to force our quarterback, whoever's playing quarterback at whatever time, to try to beat us with their arm. The thing in the past, and I'm going to keep harping on this, is when Jason Garrett was here and when we were focused on running the ball, to some points, it didn't matter how many guys you had in the box. They knew that when they lined up against us, they could put eight in the box and nine in the box. We were going to run power. We were going to run stretch. We were going to run draw. We were going to run trap. We were going to run it at you, and you were going to have to stop it. And guess who was the leading uh, rusher in the league? Ezekiel Elliott. So now I don't want us to get away from saying, hey, just because they put eight, nine guys in the box, that automatically forces us to have to throw the ball because that is the plan as it is now. As an offensive coordinator in, in the league in 2020, you have to figure out creative ways to, to, to find those uh, those numbers that are working in your favor for you to run it to the left or the right. Don't get scared because eight or nine, nine guys are in the box. Give it to the $90 million guy, and if he gets two yards on first, two yards on second, do not abandon the run. Stick to it uh, Stick with, with throughout the whole game, and, and I think that we still have a chance. And like you said, if we do that, it'll be a short game. Although that Washington game was very short. <laughs> I remember it being over before 3 o'clock. So if it's any faster than that, I hope it's in our favor. Now, the, the folks who, who enjoy analytics, they'll all tell you, you know, you guys are wrong. This is a throwing league. You need to pass the ball because it's all about passing the football. I, I go back and look at, and, and you can say, oh, you're just being an old school, old head guy. But the Cowboys have won five championships. And if you look at those five championships, they, they did two things, Danny. They ran the football. The first one, Super Bowl six with Dwayne Thomas, Super Bowl twelve. you had Robert Newhouse and, and you had um, Tony Dorsett. And then in the 90s, it was Emmitt Smith. But they ran the football and they played outstanding defense. There's no reason why you can't win with that strategy in today's football. You can still throw the football, but doggone it, get out here and start running it. Minnesota has turned their season around by doing that. Cleveland this year, Cleveland no longer looks like the Browns because they run the football. And this is with them using a number one pick overall on Baker Mayfield. And I think they've been smart enough to realize while Baker may have been the number one pick, he's not an elite quarterback. But if they run the football and play sound defense, you can be in a lot of football games. It was a Bill Parcells recipe, man. It was a recipe for Bill Parcells. And this guy's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm not saying you can't ever throw the ball, but doggone it, running it is still effective in this league. Look, look, look. All you got to do is look at the eye test. Just watch a game. If you watched the game last night, uh, Seattle was able to win that game because all of a sudden Carlos Hyde was able to start breaking off some big runs. He took a little pressure off of Russell Wilson. If you look at when Church was in Jacksonville, their quarterback play was not outstanding. They not won any. games by playing defense and running the football with Leonard Fournette. This is a thing that you can do to win. Nobody is going to go out and, and say that Jacksonville that year was going to be a top-notch team with Blake Bortles as the quarterback. 
But once you watch them play, you said these guys are playing defense. They're focusing on the run, and, and they're not putting their defense in bad situations. They're, they're playing the field, uh, field position game, and they went to the AFC Championship. It is you can do it. The teams that focus on the run, especially uh, in, in the winter, uh, in the winter months in December, because the running game usually travels and it helps you in the playoffs. The teams that are able to do that, those are the teams that win. Which is why you see the Super Bowl champions go out and draft a running back in the first round because they know that they need a running game. It is not dead. You still need it to win these games, and I think that's what we need to focus on. Um, you, you made me go and, and immediately just look up the highlights uh, and the statistics of last night. So the Seahawks ended up rushing the ball 31 times for 165 yards, averaged 5.3 yards a rush. They attempted 28 passes in that football game, and they come away 28-21 winners. And more importantly, they, are, they came away in first place in, in the division right now. So... I'm a believer that it works, but I also I go back to this with Pete Carroll. You know, Pete Carroll's a guy who's always believed in running the football. When he had Marshawn Lynch, when he was at USC, um, as great as they had with Heisman Trophy winners Matt Leinart and Carson Carson Palmer, they always ran the football there at USC and had a Heisman Trophy winner Reggie Bush. They had Lindell White. I mean, they ran the ball. You can accomplish both. You can still pass it and run it, but doggone it, Dallas Cowboys. Give me some runs on Sunday. That's, that's what listen, I want to see against Minnesota. Give me some runs. If, if you're, now, listen. Listen, you're right. And I'm glad that you used Pete Carroll as an example. A guy that always focused on running and his teams won games by running the ball. His one failure was the one time when he decided he was going to pass <laughs> the ball instead of running. This, this, is, this should be an example for us. Run the ball. You're going to fail when you don't. That's why you sit in last place in the division because you, has, you haven't been able to focus on running the ball. He, Pete Carroll's example. He's a running guy. He should focus on running the ball. Take the ball out of quarterback hands and you get two Super Bowls. Instead, you throw it, they pick it, you lose. Now, let me, let me ask this question, especially since you played and you played for a couple different franchises. Is this, you know, the people who want to run the football, is this mainly a defensive type of mindset here? Because Pete Carroll's background is defense. We mentioned Bill Parcells. His background is defense. Bill Belichick, you know, even though they've had Tom Brady, they've always complimented the run there very well in New England. He's a defensive, he's a defensive guy. Is that, is that you know, and, you know, Mike Zimmer, okay? Zim's, that, he's a defensive guy here. So is that, is that a part of it here in your mind? I, I think to some extent, but I, I remember when um, was, was the Eagles had Chip Kelly and everybody thought that, that the up-tempo offense was just focused on all passes. They ran the ball very well. You know, they, they focused on running the ball, even though that they tried to speed the game up. And, and, and Andy Reid, I told you, they went and drafted a running back in the first round because they know that they needed to improve their running game. Even though that they're able to throw it all over the place, the running game is still a focal point, And they know that they'll be a better team if they're able to do that. So I think t to some extent, yeah, because, uh, you know, I, I guess when you run the ball and, and you're able to protect it and play that field position game, you still you always give your team a chance by playing good defense but th th this this should be something that's around the league to where you focus on running you hear every commentator come on and say if, if a team is able to run the ball then they're able to control it and they always have a chance to win the game and all offensive coordinators know that sometimes I think they just lose it a little bit trying to get too creative and uh you know use all the weapons that they have and, and, they, and they lose lose track of what they really should be doing which is controlling the clock and, and keeping your defense off the field and keeping their offense off the field as well 
Yeah, I'll bring up three offensive guys who have shown through the years that they will run the football. Running the football is a major part of what they do. Um, you look at John Gruden with the Raiders, um, Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers, and Sean McVay with the Rams. Um, these guys all run the football. I mean, when Todd Gurley was at his best, that's when the, you saw Jerry Goff and the Rams really at, at their best. And we saw what Ch- Shanahan Absolutely. was able to do last year with the running game. Almost, I mean, if you think about it, go back to what you said. You said Pete Carroll lost the Super Bowl trying to pass. I mean, Kyle Shanahan had lost two Super Bowls trying to pass with the 49ers last year and then with the, with the Atlanta Falcons instead of running the football. Um, so so there, is, there, there is still room that you can do both. And, and I'm, just, I'm just a big proponent of the run game. I've been hammering it home here today on the Players' Lounge, and, and I don't, I don't want to apologize for it. We've got to take another break here. Uh, Nostradamus struck again last night. He's not here, but that doesn't mean we can't talk about his pick last night between the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona on the Cardinals, and we make our pick for Cowboys Vikings as well, right here on the Players Lounge, DallasCowboys.com radio. It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep, steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now, the lucky grease stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. Back to the Players' Lounge. Players lands on football Friday here. The Cowboys are back at AT&T Stadium when they will host Washington on Thanksgiving Day. Tickets are starting at $89 and they're on sale now. Get yours today at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. If you've never gone to a Cowboy game on Thanksgiving Day, I highly recommend it. I recommend it. It's pretty cool. So what was that Thanksgiving Day game like you for, the, uh, for you, McCray? It was, it, it was crazy, man, because... Uh, it's one of those things where it's a tradition. So the team takes it, takes it very serious. And we also usually get to wear a different color jersey. It's like the only time of the year usually 
to where we'll wear a blue jersey or or some type of special color rush type type of thing. So that always made it made it great. And then you, you're able to have your whole family come down, watch the game, and then go eat uh, Thanksgiving dinner with them after. So so for the Cowboys, the tradition of being able to play on Thanksgiving is huge. I will tell you that I played on Thanksgiving when I went to Chicago. I think we played against the Lions. And although it was still the tradition, it was very different than how it was treated when when you're here in Dallas. It's, it's, it's a very big thing here. You see, we got a special halftime show every year uh, for the Thanksgiving game. There's always some special production going on because it really means a lot to, to, the, to the Dallas Cowboys organization. So it was always great to play on Thanksgiving here. So how different was it when you're playing for the Bears? Because that game's up there at Ford Field for Detroit. Because Detroit has the first game every year. The Cowboys have the second game. It starts so early up there in Detroit. Yeah, you know. You know, the, what the thing is, you know, when, when I was with the Bears, I, I learned I learned that lesson very quickly that, uh, you know, those primetime games don't come as much as they do when you're with the Cowboys. So by that time, I had gotten used to playing at 12. Uh, like I said, it, it, it was different. We had to play on the road with the Cowboys. We always were able to play at home. We always got the special treatment. You know, if, if we had a away game, then we got we got to play late. So it, it was it, it was it was very different <laughs> to get home. You know, at 5 p.m. and then not have any family there, and and the production not be as big as it was. So it just it just didn't feel as special as it felt when when I was in Dallas. All right, Players Lounge brought to you Monday through Friday, 2:30. Newey Scruggs along with Danny McRae. Barry Church is off. Um, Barry Church likes to call himself Nostradamus because he says he makes really good picks. So for the Thursday night, we we rolled out our picks. Um, so I, I got it here, McRae. You went with Seattle to win 35-31. I went with Seattle to win 28-25. Nostradamus went Arizona 27-21. And Seattle won the game 28-21. So another L. Another L for... I sit here now, I watch these games, and I'm, I'm actively rooting to watch Barry get beat. I'm actually rooting. And I had Christian Kirk on my fantasy team. I'm like, hey, man, catch some passes, but lose. Just because I wanted to be able to just rub this in church's face again, even though he's not here. I, 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 don't know, I don't know how he's making these picks, and I don't know what's going on with his Nostradamus powers, but he's off. He's been off all season, and I think he's just he's, he's picking, making these picks based on emotion. He's not really using the full power of Nostradamus, or, or, or he's a fraud. I don't understand. When he gets back on the show, he's going to have to explain the process, what voice he's hearing, or he's going to have to give me something to, to legitimize you know, his reasoning for making some of these picks because they don't make any sense. Arizona going into Seattle yesterday, it, 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 was, it was right for the, for the uh, easy pick of Seattle being able to, to get that win, especially coming off a loss. It, like, it just made— Thank you. All the sense for them to, to, to go out there and win that game. And he somehow had them losing by seven, only scoring 17 points. <laughs> like, what? I don't understand what, what Church has going on. His picks makes no sense. And that's why I don't think we're going to win the NFC East because he picked us to win the NFC East. And if I'm, if I'm, if I'm a bet man, I'm going against what Barry Church says. All right, so let's let's dive into this and make our Cowboys Vikings prediction for Sunday. Um, Vikings are seven and a half point favorite. Barry came in and and he gave us his before he left, so he's got Dallas winning seventeen to thirteen. 
By the way, owner Jerry Jones said on 105.3 The Fan today on his Friday radio show that the Cowboys are getting better. He says they are a better football team right now. They, they're coming off a bye week, and before the bye, they, they fought the Steelers down to the final second. Uh, I am going to say Minnesota wins this 23-13, to 13. and I'm simply picking the Vikings because they run the football. They're fifth in the league in rushing. Dalvin Cook is number one in the league in rushing, and the Cowboys are going to have to show me that they can stop the run. The Cowboys are 31st against the run, so they got to show me they can stop the run, and even when you do that, Kirk Cousins is going to have that ability to hit that rookie Justin Jefferson or his favorite target, Adam Thielen. And we know the Cowboys secondary still has some issues. Trayvon Diggs, the rookie's out. Cheeto Rousier's in. Cheeto's missed a whole lot of time. So that's why I'm picking uh, Minnesota to defend the home turf and beat the Cowboys for a second straight season, Danny. Yeah, uh, and, and I'm with you on that one. I'm going 27-19. Uh, to 19. I think that Greg DeLeg is going to get a lot of work this game. I think he'll be kicking a lot of field goals. And somehow it'll come down to a last possession where the Cowboys have to score. In this case, score, uh, also get a two-point conversion. And we'll get stopped. I, I don't think we'll be able to stop Dalvin Cook for the whole game. And I, you know, and like we saw against the Steelers, if we are able to stop the run, then it's going to expose our secondary. And you'll see Justin Jefferson and Allen Thielen get involved and, and somehow be able to come up with some big plays, especially with Cheeto coming off and this being his first game and, and Diggs being out. And, uh, you know, the, the way that the defense has played previously in, this, in the season, we know that they're prone to giving up some big plays and some passing touchdowns. So, you know, uh, with all that being said, I, I see them putting up 20. To, was it 27 and, and, and us trying to come back and sc score at the end of the game but I picked up Greg the leg on my fantasy team so I need him to kick a lot of field goals 50 yarders right. it, you know w w would be best for me uh, some other targets that, that I could see being sneaky for for Kirk Cousins um, tight end Kyle Rudolph Irv Smith if he ends up back not sure about his status he missed the last game and then of course BC Johnson so you, you've got a couple targets that Minnesota has that, that if you know that they're, they're you know the Cowboys if they're not checking them um, could, could, could be a problem here and I'm no doctor but I do have a concern about guys who get COVID and, and some of the performances that they've had this year. Cam Newton came back from COVID, and Cam Newton does not look like Cam Newton at all. And, and I, I don't know, I don't want to put it all on COVID. Obviously, he's in a new offense with New England. They don't have, the, they don't have good weapons. I mean, it's an issue there in New England. They've got some offensive line issues as well there. But we're going to see Andy Dalton make his first appearance uh, coming back from uh, a nasty concussion and, and COVID-19. COVID I think that if Andy struggles a little bit, to me, that wouldn't be surprising because he's coming back from some stuff here, man. You know, not just being just your timing is off, but you're coming back from a concussion. And Lord knows what COVID has done to him. Um, we still don't know the after effects for guys um, who are dealing with COVID-19. So I, I would just have a little bit of grace about how, how Andy Dalton performs in this one. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know the effects of COVID, but I, I do expect him to be rusty. One, because he didn't get much time before he ended up getting hurt. Right. So now he's still coming in with not much time and, 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 and starting the game against Minnesota. So it's not like he's had a whole offseason to get, get this thing under his belt. He's, he's still pretty fresh coming, coming off the bench, filling in for Dak. So I expect him to be a little rusty. And then you add the COVID on there, and then you know that at certain times, Minnesota can play some defense. So I do expect this to be a little shaky, at least at the beginning, which is why we should focus on having 21 
uh, run the ball. If you go. watch Minnesota, that's what I want to say. If you watch Minnesota play, uh, the differently, like you named all those other weapons that they may have, and I look at it as being the same as us. We have other weapons that we we may be able to use, but they focus on Thielen first. I mean, uh, Cook Cook first. Thielen second, and then Jefferson third. They they are able to focus on those guys, and we should we, we should do that. We should focus on 21 first, and then 19, and then move on to, to C.D. Lamb or, or Gallup. Uh, and if we're able to do that, I think that you will see a different game from us. But until we do that, man, we're, we're, we're going to be in trouble. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see. Um, NBA free agency is getting ready to roll today. And did you see Gordon Hayward? decided he did not want the $34 million from the Boston Celtics. And I just wonder what's being said in NFL locker rooms as, as, they, you know, as they're doing their Friday practices and getting ready to play. That Hey, man, dude in Boston, who's been an okay player since his injuries, decided he didn't want the guaranteed $34 million from the Celtics, and he's going to become a free agent. <laughs> it's a little, it's, listen, I, I guarantee you there's a little jealousy going on in there. There's some guys saying, look, I played the wrong sport. And you'll see a lot of these NFL players, and they and they say it jokingly, I'm going to have my son pick up a baseball, a tennis racket, a soccer ball, and get into some of these sports where these guys are getting paid a lot more to, to uh, risk their bodies a lot less. And you should start believing that these guys will be doing that. You'll see a lot of these NFL guys, and their sons will not be playing football. They'll be playing baseball. They'll be running track. They'll be doing everything outside of this to where they can make some money without putting their body at risk and, and have it be a little bit more worth it. So let me ask this. We just saw Kyler Murray last night. And, and Kyler Murray, um, since coming into the National Football League, has been outstanding. Number one overall pick. But before the draft, Kyler was taken 10th overall by the Oakland A's and given a significant contract, and he agreed to it, but then decided to give the money back and go play football. Um, I'm one of those, as always, just said, is, wow, uh, the amount of money that you can make in baseball is so much... I mean, it's it's not even close. You know, right out of the gate, they're guaranteed contracts. You know, Mookie Betts, the the richest contract in in baseball, the Dodgers recently signed this year, is well over three hundred million dollars. You know, you're not seeing any NFL players sign a three hundred million dollar contract. I mean, it's great and as much money as quarterbacks get. You know, Aaron Rodgers didn't get a three hundred million dollar contract. I mean, I just think of that all day long, like Kyler. You could have been paid for life and, and still been good. I mean, he's good. He's he's a outstanding athlete. He could have been a fantastic uh, baseball player as well. Listen, listen, I'll tell you this. If you look at that, it's usually the quarterbacks who are passing up on those on those uh, MLB deals. It's not it's not guys that's playing safety and cornerback and, and all those other positions because those quarterbacks know usually they're going in the first round, so they're getting 20 or 30 there. They're getting some more endorsements somewhere to give them, give them maybe another 20 or 30. And then that second contract for Kyler, if he's looking at it correctly, he could say, look, Pat Mahomes got 500. So, you know, if I do what I need to do, I can make some of that baseball money. But that is a quarterback type of thing. The people that are playing other positions, they're not looking at it the same way. And I think you'll see, see a receiver or a defensive back going out there and taking that money from the MLB and saying goodbye to the football field. I'll give you another guy, uh, Jameis Winston. He was drafted by the Texas Rangers. Jameis pitched at Florida State. He was a relief pitcher. 
And Jameis this year, I believe he's making $1.5 million with, with Seattle. I mean, Seattle, but with the Saints. He's their third quarterback. They just announced that Taysom Hill's going to start against Atlanta this week, not Jameis Winston, who came in off the bench and filled in for Drew Brees. So Jameis is making basically, for quarterback money, peanuts. Do you know relievers are making four, five million dollars in Major League Baseball? You know, I'm talking about, you know, hey, man, may come in on the seventh. The seventh is your inning, Jameis. I mean, Jameis could have had that kind of career and spent 15 years, 16 years, man, not getting any CTE. He could have had a long hey, career. Listen, that, that on yourself sometimes uh, doesn't work out, man. But, with, uh, but as an athlete, you, know, you and, take and, that chance and sometimes. That, and so. I'm sure Jameis is a little upset, but I, that, that Saints offense is going to look a lot like the Florida offense with Tim Tebow going forward until Drew, right? Drew Brees gets back. Yes, yes, you are correct. All right, hey, that's the Players' Lounge for Friday here. Uh, enjoy the game, everybody. We will talk on Monday. We'll, we hope to have Barry Church back. For Danny McCray, I'm Newey Scruggs. Take care, everybody. This has been DallasCowboys.com Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!